Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Gold Crushers. I am super excited today to introduce you to my guest, Nisha Pai. And I have known Nisha for, I don't know, a couple of years. But what I'm really excited about is this year in 2022, she is creating something super cool, which you're going to hear about. And she's a business owner, she's a CPA, an author, a keynote speaker. And she is a girl of my own heart. She has a passion for numbers, which if you have listened to this podcast, you know, I love numbers, but she also has a heart for courageous business. She's an encourager of women and she guides women into their power, personality, and profession through her own lived resources. She's helped many women and some men here and there discover their passion, and face the pivotal changes necessary to finally live the life of their dreams. And that's what we're all about here. So her clients and audiences love the fresh take on business and the straight talk. She's going to tell it to you like it is. She's a true (laughs) owner. And she continues to create resources and support systems for women and the men so that they can truly step into their powerful dreams. And so I'm super excited to have you on the show. And it's been great working with you. Oh, my gosh, Sarah, I we met in 2019. You know, I I do. I do, because it was before COVID. And it was in 2019 at a conference. And I was just so impressed with you. And we immediately connected. And I felt like, you know, the universe reconnected us this year, when I was just I don't know. I happened to come across your social media, uh, a post of yours. And uh, it was like the universe talking to me and you were doing, you were, I was like, oh my gosh, she's doing something totally different. She's coaching now. She's a goal crusher. She's all the things I'm about. And she has done digital courses, which is what I want to do. So reconnected and I'm working with you and you're an amazing coach, by the way. Oh, thank you. And I wouldn't be as far as I am in my, my, journey and what I'm doing unless I was working with you. So thank you. Yeah, I love it. You know, and I do think the universe works in interesting ways. Social media as well, it works in a very interesting way. Maybe it's the algorithm, who knows? But (laughs) you know, I'm out here doing my thing. You're out there doing your thing. And we were meant to work together. I mean, you are like one of the dream students. You do everything. You're like really about not only what you're doing, but the quality. And I can't wait to see when you put your your new online course out into the world, all the lives that you're going to change. And let's jump into it. So you're a CPA. You've been a CPA for a long time. Tell me about what you do, how you got into this. And yeah, let's start there. Yeah. So it's funny. I am a creative at heart. That's why I enjoy the creation part of the things I do. And I wanted to go into fashion and my parents were like, you're not going into fashion. Um, you could be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or accountant. That's what Indian people say to their kids. And uh, I said, okay, I, I fainted blood. So I tried accounting and I was good at it. And so 
I just followed the career path. And so 11 years ago, uh, I had gone through, you know, big six firm, um, industry, industry, momhood, marriage, you know, I followed life's path and um, I ended up getting divorced and going back into the workforce. And I was at a firm locally here in Charlotte. And uh, five years in, I approached my boss for a raise. I actually said, can I have a raise and more hours? Okay. And he looked at me and he said, no. And, you know, I had gone prepared. I, I'm like, here's everything I've accomplished in these five years. And he said no to me. And the next thing out of his mouth was, you are not where your peers are because you have a mom gap in your resume. Like he literally Ugh. said that to me. Okay. This is 11 years ago in 2011. And something came over me, call it God, the universe, whatever, my crazy like lizard brain. But I didn't, without hesitation, I looked at him and I said, I quit. And I walked out the door and I'm calling my one big client, kind of like Jerry Maguire. And I'm like, oh my God, will you come with me? Because I just quit my job. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to do it, but I'm doing it. And that was 11 years ago. And here I am today. Uh, I have a practice. I employ stay-at-home moms. We're remote and uh, flexible. And uh, I have now 80 plus clients. Oh, so good for you. I Thank you. Thank you. We just, I just figured it out along the way, right? That's what entrepreneurs do. Yeah. You know, I love that story because, you know, I've worked in, in the C-suite as well and corporate culture and, you know, not to say anything against men, but there is this stigma about oh, the mom gap. Like I had a guy say to me, well, do you want children on an interview? Wow. And I told him, I'm like, you can't ask me that. And he's like, oh, we're just having a conversation. Like, no, wow. that is illegal. Like, no, thank you. Um, but good for you for really taking, having the courage to right then and there say, I quit. And where do you think you found that courage? You know, it was, it was a buildup throughout the years because I had a similar experience when I was at Arthur Anderson, my very first place of my career when I got out of school and had sort of humans dictate my my future and my 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 value and then just through life right and and when you go through life you get to a point where you're like you're smart enough to say I'm going to take control of my future mm -hmm. and so I it was just a perfect storm where I was in that mindset the thing happened and I was like I quit so if I had, if that had happened a few years before, or if I had a second to think, probably wouldn't have done it. But like I said, something came over me and I did it. And I was like, Ooh, I can't go back now. Sure. I could get another job as an accountant. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to do this on my own because yeah. I know I can do better than what I am seeing out here because I felt small businesses, small business in general is a neglected market, right? Where they're neglected. Yeah. They're put at the bottom, even with the bigger accounting firms, you know, they don't bring enough revenue. So they're, they're just not taken care of. And I knew that I could take care of small businesses if I went out on my own. Yeah. And so you went out on your own, you called your client, Jerry McGuire moment. And then <laughs> what did you do? How'd you figure it out? Well, I called everybody I knew that had a successful business. And they said, Give me all your tips. What do you do? What do you not do? I literally interviewed like 20 people 
and made a list of, okay, here's what I need to do. Went to every networking event I could here in Charlotte, got a website, you know, got business cards, uh, got a logo, you know, um, and you don't have to spend a lot initially, right? So I just got myself set up. Mm -hmm. And I would just, I was selling myself, pounding the pavement, reaching out to all my small business people. Like, here's what I do. Here's what I offer. Now, mind you, in 2011, my concept didn't even exist in Charlotte. And, um, you know, what I offer is, is called client accounting services. So we're like an outsourced accounting department. And I didn't do taxes and I didn't do audits. So I really had to sell what I was doing. Yeah. to get people to understand, right? And technology was so-so even back then. You still had a lot of people doing accounting in person. And uh, now with the tech technology available, we can do it remotely and it's awesome. So yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I literally pounded the pavement and figured it out each step of the way. Yeah. And I think the the one thing about goals is that a lot of people think they need to figure A to Z out before they even get started. And the reality is that's not how big goals are actually achieved. It's the little steps that people take and reaching out to other people. You know, many times we think we have to have all the answers when in reality, there's very few ideas that somebody else has not already accomplished. Totally. And you know what? Um, asking for help. You know, we, we have a hard time doing that as women, especially, or if you're type A like me uh, or a perfectionist like me. But I asked for help and I um, took, I chunked out my goals, right? So it's like, it takes it into edible bites of like, okay, little baby steps, little actions. I can do this weekly. I can do this daily and not, do, not feel like you have to have it all at once. And that's what helped me with my mindset. Um, in fact, uh, kudos to you. I got an email from your, from you this morning, um, from your email service about, a really cool download on your goals list. I actually printed that out. I'm having my annual team meeting tomorrow and I printed that out for my team. Oh, perfect timing. It was, yeah, it was perfect. And it was it was so perfect because I, I actually have a section of the team meeting of talking to them about goals, but I didn't have anything prepared. And I was like, oh, I loved what you have to say about goal setting and just leading people into thinking about, you know, the action behind it. So yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. All right. So you have all these clients, 80 clients, and you're helping them. And then now you're on a new, well, actually, I want to back up because you talked about helping clients in a different way. So you don't do taxes. You decided like, this is what I want to do. And so many people are like, oh, CPA, she does taxes. So how did you decide your parameters and really build out your business? Good question. You know, everyone has an idea. Like if you're a doctor, they think you know like everything about the human body and that's not true. And that's the same with a CPA. And I decided that I wanted to help people with what's called the front end of accounting. And to me, the front end of accounting is the bookkeeping. It's getting your financial foundation, your accounting foundation set up right. Yeah. And once you get that set up right and you maintain it, which is what we do, like the bookkeeping aspect, um, you can go anywhere from there. You know, tax projections, forecasts, budgets, yeah. but you've got to get that foundation right. And that's yeah. where I concentrate and focus on. Oh, I love it. 
And then another thing, you took it a step further, almost like, hey, I'll show you, Mr. You Have a Mom Gap. And you (laughs) employ stay-at-home moms and you design your business to be flexible. Talk about that. I do. And I, you know, I do. And, and, and I did see him about three years later and I thanked him because I said, if you didn't do what you did, I wouldn't have walked away. And I, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And, uh, I never wanted a mom or a woman to feel the way I did in that moment. And so, um, I hire stay at home moms. Some of them have grown kids, but they're moms nonetheless. And, uh, some of them have young kids. And so I just really want to employ women nothing against men. I love men. I have a lot of male clients. I did hire a man one year and he didn't work out. In fact, he didn't even make it to the first meeting. <laughs> so, so I decided, you know, I just want to hire women and and I can do that because I own my business and, you know, my team is amazing. And um, I just want to support women because we're not as supported, unfortunately, even in 2022 in the workplace. Right. And so I really wanted to focus on that. Yeah. I love it. All right. So now you're creating something new because you've realized that there's only so many hours in the day and so many people you can hire, but there's a lot of people who need help with their business finances and their front end accounting. So tell us a little bit about what you're creating. Yeah. You know what, Sarah, I always tell my clients, create passive uh, revenue streams. And one of the things that is a big thing to do that anyone can do is create a digital course. And so I've been wanting to do this for years and I've been wanting to do it through Amy Porterfield's learning and uh, compile my 20 plus years of knowledge of small businesses into a course called Overcoming Finance Obstacles for Entrepreneurs. And go over everything a someone starting a new business, someone thinking about starting a business will want to know or need to know Mm -hmm. to start their business appropriately on solid footing. And one thing I noticed during the pandemic, if you remember, people were floundering. Mm -hmm. They they didn't know what a PL was. They didn't know how to apply for the PPP loan. Like there's so much that scares me in people starting a business of what they don't know. Yeah. Right. And I want well, to and I the think one that, too, yeah. I sorry, I think too that yeah. a lot of women and, and even men are afraid of finances. They're afraid yes. of the numbers. They don't want to know. And as long as the bills are getting paid, like we're good. And then the pandemic like shook a lot of people, like, oh yeah. crap, like, am I really profitable? Am I gonna have to change my entire business model? Also, people left by the droves, right? Corporate America, i.e., right? You like, and they're like, man, forget corporate America. I want to do my own thing. And so, you know, people don't come equipped with knowing financial statements or knowing QuickBooks or knowing what a chart of accounts is. And I was like, oh my God, like, it's scary. Like, I need to educate people out here. And it was a way for me to have passive income and serve in the way that I want to serve. Yeah. And so you notice that there's like some common mistakes that people make in business. Like what is one mistake that people tend to make when they first get Ooh, started? People commingle. They commingling is a dirty word. People commingle their business and personal accounts. There are a few little exceptions, which actually I'm having a webinar coming up to talk about these things. But, you know, they commingle their funds between business and personal. 
Um, they don't have a solid chart of accounts. And like anyone listening, if you don't even know what that means, you want to attend my webinar. <laughs> and the chart of accounts is the foundation of your financial system, right? Yeah. So it's like the foundation of a house. A lot of people don't even know that. Um, so I, I talk about it. And the third thing I'd say that I usually pick up on is they don't know their numbers. Yeah. Just like you said, um, just because you have cash in the bank account and you can pay your bills does not mean you know your numbers. Yeah. You know? Doesn't mean you so, have cash either. <laughs> doesn't mean you have cash. You might be robbing Peter to pay Paul and and uh, you might have debt. And I mean, there's so many different things that people do that, you know, they, they look at their bank statements or they're like, hey, I can pay my bills. And, you know, uh, they're not looking at all the pieces. And so I'm here to educate people on on what that is. And, yeah. and what they need to be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, one of the things I really don't like is the term small business. And I think I have a lot of clients that when they first start out, it's just them and they are a small business. But when we think of ourselves as small or we don't think of ourselves in the way of growing and really knowing our numbers and adding employees, you know, that becomes a whole different responsibility. I know when I first started hiring my assistant, I was like, oh, I have cash in the bank, but I had to really figure out what my cash flow was so that I could make sure that I would have enough money when I had down seasons to still pay her. And that's a whole different ball of wax, especially I when love you're it. Yeah. a business. Yeah. I love that you say that. We need to rename the Small Business Administration. <laughs> yes. Um, I actually tell people, it's funny that you say that. I tell people. Set yourself up as if you're already a million dollar business. Mm -hmm. Set yourself up as if you already are so that you can grow right into it. Yeah. And I love that mindset. I love that theory because you're right. If you think small, you will stay small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I always equate it. I used to be in the horse business. So we always talked about land. And one of my trainers was like, buy a big property because if not, you'll always be small. And if you buy a small property and land is not, you know, it's relative. I mean, it's a little more expensive for more property, but it's really not that much more. And he's like, if you buy a big property and you put a small barn on it, you can always increase the barn. But if you buy a small property and you put a small barn on it, and then you want to increase you have to buy a whole new piece of land. You have to buy, a, you have to like rebuild the whole thing over and over and over again. And that's kind of what you're saying with the business is that if Absolutely. you set your business up small, then when you do grow, it's like you're constantly rebuilding that whole foundation that's of right. the business over and over and over. And I don't know about you, but that makes me not want to grow. Like, I don't want to reset right. up all that accounting stuff again. Right. I'll just sit. I'll just stay here and play in my little pot. And listen, there are people like that. Great. You know, they want to stay solopreneurs. They want to stay small. But most people going into business don't want to stay small. They do it to grow, to create generational wealth, to have something as an asset. And so think like you're already a million dollar business. That's what I always say. I love it. Um, so I know that you work with a lot of women and a lot of men who are starting their little side hustle and yeah. they may not be, they may not have left their nine to five yet, but they're creating their business. And with the mindset of, 
start like you're already a million dollar business, what advice or tips would you give them as they're building this little side hustle, but they may be sitting in a queue? Make it legit, i.e. get, you know, make it an LLC. I'm a big fan of the LLC, limited liability company setup, which you could do yourself on your secretary of state website. So make it an LLC, you know, create a proper accounting foundation, Um, you know, invest in the QuickBooks or the Zero or something where you can set up your financials correctly from the get-go. Get a business bank account, right? And get a- Ding, ding, Yeah, IRS tax number. Set yourself up as a business, even if you have one transaction a month as you're starting out, right? Yeah. And- so, so set up your foundation, right? In those things, you know, get a POS uh, point of sale system. So there's so many things out here, Squarespace, PayPal, whatever, but create something that really is professional that you want the world to see, not some, you know, rinky dink, half-ass, mm-hmm. not sure I can say that, but you know, you can <laughs> go all in. Yeah. Go all in. You know, in full disclosure, my consulting business originally started as I was had a small project, small project at work. And if you know me, I don't do anything small. You don't. But yeah. it was, you know, go. It, it was basically like a flip comment of go figure out what the top people are doing. Put together a training for the bottom performers in sales and let's call it a day, you know. And I was like, I'm going to sit with the top performers. I want to see what these guys, and they were all guys at the time, are doing. And I was blown away. I was like, "Mm, these guys are not our top performers. Like, what is going on here? They're in the break room every five minutes. They're throwing their falls. Like, this cannot be. And what I actually found out is they were working more hours. And that's how my business started, because I said, is this the culture we want to have here where in order to be successful, you have to work like 80 hours and they're really, and I want to see what the 40 hour a week people are doing. And so my business started as a side hustle because then I did put together a training on how to work. And people started asking me like, can you show me how, um, uh, can you show my wife how to do this? She's an entrepreneur. She left her job, but now she works all the time. And so I did not get a business bank account for years. Like I did this for, I don't know, 10 years, but I wasn't. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And I like did not, I justified it as, well, I'm only taking one or two projects a year. Or I'm only doing this. And then I finally in 2020 is when I was like, okay, before COVID happened, I said, all right, I need to like really do this. Like I want to be on my own. And so I started doing it and then I got the business bank account and there's something about, now remember I was taking two to three projects a year. And so I would get like $10,000 and then it'd be gone, you know, and then I'd be like very little money in that. But as soon as my business bank account started like doing this, there was like something psychologically. I was like, running out of money. Now I'm not running out of money. I'm making a paycheck in my other account. But it caused me to hustle because I had this fear of like, wow, this account is going down and down and down. And it's because I'm not taking any projects right now. But it really, it caused me to go all in because then I realized, oh, if this is going to be a business, I need more than $10,000 in this account. 
Like, come on. Like, how am I managing? You know, it's my funny. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that. I've talked to many new business owners and they're like, man, you know, when I walked out of the bank and got a, that business account and I was holding yeah. it in my hand, it, their mindset completely shifted. Yes. And it was like, wow, I am legit. Yes. And I think that you have to feel that or your side hustle is always going to feel like a side hustle. Yeah. When you can't see the actual numbers, like, cause I couldn't see, yeah. this was all like, you know, commingling is not good, but it was commingled in my account. It's like, oh, there are some exceptions. There's some exceptions. $1,000 <laughs> here, $1,000 there. But even at the end of the year, I was like, wow, I made a good amount of money this year on this little side thing. But because it was all mixed in, I couldn't even see it. And I didn't even wow. realize. Yeah. Yeah. So I Another, needed you like 10 point. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> if we were friends 10 years ago, I'd be like, we are going to the bank, Sarah, and we're getting a business bank account. <laughs> well, and I think back to why I didn't do it. It's like, because really it's, you know, you have to go in the bank. You have to like, I just didn't know how you were, to do you it. You weren't all in at the time. Yeah. It really yeah. truly was a side thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was comfortable yeah. in my yeah. little nine to five, but had I done that a lot sooner, I feel like I would have left a lot sooner. Interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. I love it. So yeah. you have a webinar coming up. You alluded to it and you're going to teach. What are you teaching on your webinar? Tell us. I am teaching the top three mistakes that business owners make when it comes to finances. And we touched on, we actually yes. touched on them here. And um, I, I hope people will come to the webinar because it's chock full of information that you will get if you're thinking about starting a business, if you're new in your business, even if you've been seasoned, I see seasoned businesses making these mistakes. Oh, and I was so, in business for 10 years and I just told you I was making one of the mistakes. Point. Great there you point. go. Great point. So, um, yeah, so I, I talk about the top three biggest mistakes I've compiled. I mean, you know, I could come up with a list of 20, but I'm like, I really want to hone in on the top three yeah. um, that people can make changes now that are easy. Mm -hmm. I love it. And so that webinar is coming up and I'll drop the link in the show notes so that you can join the webinar and sign up as well. And I think the one thing I'll say, and what I really love about Nisha's style is there's like a no judgment zone. Like totally, she, she's going to help you get to where you need to be. You know, you never want to be on the IRS radar. She'll keep you off the IRS radar, give you great advice. And I think that's what's really cool is the focus on really helping small businesses because as you mentioned, you know, the big accounting firms, that's not their focus. Well, it's interesting. I, I really had a heart for serving during the pandemic because, Sarah, I can't even tell you how many businesses would come to me or comment on a post and say, my CPA ghosted me. They really? ghosted me and I don't know what to do and I'm out here floundering. So I just, Sarah, I started putting education out on my social media. I just said, go to this link, go here. Here's what you do. Because my heart, my heart was breaking for these people because literally the amount of CPAs, my colleagues that ghosted their mm -hmm. clients was, was staggering to me. And so I enjoyed just giving the information and saying, guys, I want to empower you. I want to serve you and you deserve better. And so 
here's what what you need to do yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I mean it's a shame but i think so many people were struggling during the pandemic and i also think the whole world didn't know what to do either absolutely like, we were all floundering no as it was yeah right right so the last thing you needed was your cpa ghosting you and not knowing how to apply for a loan or what a PL was. And I was like, man, so I just started getting out there and educating. And so I enjoy that. I enjoy the aspect of just educating and sharing knowledge. Yeah, I love it. I feel like yeah. that moment where you were sitting in that office looking for a raise and you didn't get one, you were, it was meant to happen. You were destined to be doing what you're doing today. Totally. I totally. And, you know, like I said, I, I saw him, my boss three years later and thanked him. And um, I realized like, man, if he wasn't such a jerk, I wouldn't have left. Yeah. I wouldn't have left. Right. Yeah. Maybe one day, but, but not at that moment when I needed to, and I was 40 years old. So I was yeah. like, you know, how much time am I, am I going to be like, you know, you start thinking about the later part of your years and like, what do you want with your life? You yeah. know? Yeah. So. And probably similar to me, you wish you had left a long time before that moment. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, but things happen as they should. And so I thought, yeah. okay, this is, this is, happening as it should. Yep. Yeah. I love it. All right. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I really need to dig into my numbers. <laughs> I need to figure out what's going on with my finances. And you want to work with Nisha. I'm going to give her an opportunity to talk about how you can connect with her and get into her webinar and also her course, if that's of interest. So tell everyone yeah. how they can do that. Yeah. So um, a lot of businesses who may or may not be ready to come work with me um, and my firm, uh, I, I have this new option now. I have a finance course, uh, Overcoming Finance Obstacles for Entrepreneurs that I'm launching in January. It's an eight-week uh, module drip. You know, we're dripping out each week. Uh, in this launch, I'm offering a one-hour group Zoom call each week. So uh, with small groups, so you'll have a lot of time with me, a lot of time for Q&A. Um, so I'm offering that. I'm also hosting this webinar. There's going to be four, uh, mid to end December. And I think the last one's the first week of January about the top three mistakes business owners make in finances. It's free. Um, come to that, if anything, come to that. And uh, you'll learn more about uh, my offerings and my course there. But uh, you can also work with me directly by coming to uh, .com, um to find out more about my firm. Love it. All right, everyone. Remember, if you have a big, bold goal on your heart, that you can achieve your bold goal without working double time. And please reach, reach out to Nisha, especially if you are looking to start a business, already have one or have a side hustle that you need to make legit so that she can help you get on track with your numbers. So you're not like me spending 10 years out there commingling and doing all the things. Wrong. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Sarah. You're amazing. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368.
1-800-242-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.